Welcome to Passage to Wonderland, literary passages to complete your day. to be in love. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and I want to read this passage from a different kind of romance novel by Andre Alexis. It's called Ring. Imagine being given a magical ring that grants the bearer the ability to change three things about her beloved. What does this mean for Gwen, who has this special ring and who's deeply in love with Tancred? In this scene from Ring, It's early in their relationship. Gwen and Tancred are stuck in a farmhouse one night after being caught in a winter storm. There are times, of course, when the good feels almost as absurd as the strange, when the good defies the day-to-day. For Gwen and Tancred, this was one. They spent their first moments in the outbuilding, bewildered by their host's kindness. Then, too, they talked about Mrs. Atkinson because it was easier than talking about their suddenly awkward situation, alone together in a bedroom, with one bed for both of them. As Gwen sat on the edge of the bed, she became increasingly conscious of her surroundings. The room smelled of the maple wood burning in the stove but also of dust and age, of their coats hanging beside the door, of lavender from a potpourri left on the table. Tancred sat on the chair, some six feet away from her, but she could smell him, too. His slightly damp clothes, the faintly vanilla soap he'd used, the wet leather of his boots. The light in the room came from a lamp on a table beside the bed but it was so low it could not compete with the world-whitening moonlight that came through the window. She was aware of the softness of the bed beneath her. She could still taste the dill and mayonnaise of the potato salad they'd eaten. All of this was such a sensual onslaught that talk of Christian kindness and how strange the good can be did nothing to stop her wondering how Tancred's lips might feel on hers, or about his chest, the beginning of it just visible above the unbuttoned top button of his shirt. That was not to mention his blue eyes, which, the light being too low, were more a matter of memory and imagination. She was not, to her own surprise, either embarrassed or ashamed of her imagination. There was no reason for them not to touch. If he had come to her at that moment and leaned down to kiss her, she would have let her curiosity take over and dealt with the consequences later. In fact, she wondered if she should go to him to touch his face and say thank you for whatever reason occurred to her when she touched him, for being calm, for getting them to this place, for his company. Maybe she would have, if she'd been certain he was feeling what she did. You know, he said, I'm glad you and Ollie met. You're a lovely person. 
What makes you say that? She asked. I might not be as nice as you think. I don't know your secrets, he answered. But I trust my instincts about people. Anyway, you can't hide kindness, and you've been very considerate about my getting us lost. For a moment, she wanted to outrage him, to let him know that kindness and consideration had nothing to do with anything, that she could show him such desire as would change his mind about her. But, in the end, she was considerate. She was not one who would think seriously of forcing herself on him. So she smiled and said, It's nice of you to say that, but, you know, Olivier and I, we barely know each other. Hmm, he said and turned to look out the window. As if deliberately ignoring her words, he changed the subject, or rather, did not quite change it. You know, Ollie's been with some very cruel women. Dan and I are always trying to get him to go out with someone who won't take advantage of him. I don't know how he does it, but he always manages to find women who don't love him or can't love him or whatever. It's like he likes being frustrated. Tancred smiled as he said these last words, perhaps at a memory, but he then looked at her so seriously that she felt implicated. There was one woman who hung around him for a year because she wanted to go out with Dan. And the thing is, Ollie knew it, and he didn't mind. He defended her for years afterwards. He'd say, well, Dan's a great person. And I'd say, yeah, but he was married and she knew it. And he'd go, you can't help irrational feelings, so what's the use treating them like they're rational? Well, Ollie's right, said Gwen. You can't help what you feel. Yes, said Tancred, but it's like he's not of this world sometimes. So you can see why his friends want to protect him, can't you? Gwen looked up at him then, and he was looking at her, and she was conscious of her body and her dress, and, again, of her senses. Salt and dill, moonlight, the potpourri, silence, and the sheets on the mattress beneath her. What a lot of words he'd used to say no, she thought. And who was all this talk about Olivier meant to reassure anyway? Himself or her? Yes, she said. I get why anyone would want to protect Ollie. But tell me about Daniel. He smiled then, and it was as if they'd come to an accord, or maybe he'd said all he needed to say. Whatever the case, the thought of his friend Daniel brought back a part of his childhood that he didn't mind sharing with her. Daniel's father, Baruch, was a socialist who'd had them read, at 14, Alexander Berkman, Rosa Luxemburg, Frederick Ingle, and Tancred was still grateful for the guidance that had saved him from loneliness, from fatherlessness, from his boredom in a school system he knew to be nothing but class and status training. Then again, it was partly because of Baruch that Tancred had become a thief. Is that how you made a living? she asked. Were you really a pickpocket? 
Yes, he answered. When I was younger, Baruch made us read Dickens, and I wanted to be the artful dodger. But that kind of stealing doesn't make you a living. It just gets you addicted to the craft. Gwen was curious about this, but she didn't press him. The way he spoke of his growing up deepened her feelings for him. But she was also taken by how he listened to her speak, by his interest in her life, what it was like to grow up in Bright's Grove, the strangeness of being black in such a community, the relief of friendship, the irresistible pull of the city, but also the beauty of the world where she'd grown up, the way she missed it sometimes. They spoke for so long that it was two in the morning before they knew it and time to sleep. By then, of course, their relationship had changed. She could not have undressed in front of him otherwise. She'd have asked him to turn around. But she took off her dress, and this act felt oddly like a contradiction. On the one hand, she wanted him to see her. It did something to her, to imagine him watching, seeing her in her underclothes, even if it was only for a few moments, by moonlight, as she got into the bed, sliding between the cold sheets. On the other hand, though she liked to imagine him watching her, she trusted Tancred implicitly, entirely. She felt, in the depths of herself, that she was safe with him. That feeling itself was erotic. When he got on the bed beside her, lying on his side, so she had more room than he did, his weight tipping the mattress so that her body moved slightly toward his, his body on top of the quilt, his coat for a cover, she said. You can get under the covers, Tan. I'm not going to bite you. He took this good-naturedly, as she'd meant it, and he did get under the covers, taking off his pants and shirt so that she briefly saw his wiry outline by moonlight. Good night, he said, and turned away from her on his side. And the last impressions she remembered before she fell asleep were the intense skin hunger she felt, the longing to touch and be touched, and the sound of his breathing, regular and deep, the room so lit by moonlight that its white walls looked faintly platinum. The moon itself through the window and above the fields, and the surprising warmth of Tancred's body close to hers. From their very first meeting, Gwen and Tancred seem made for each other. But like all great romances, the course of love never runs smooth. Ring is a playful meditation on the past, on magic, on honor, on faith, and yes, on love. I hope you have a lovely Valentine's Day. Today's passage was from Ring by Andre Alexis, published by Coach House Books. Thank you for listening to Passage to Wonderland. Until next time... Rest easy.